Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. The Growing in Grace podcast is on the air. I'm Mike, along with Joel, growingingrace.org. Past programs are there. And if you're uh, just catching up with us on our current series of Why Jesus Taught Two Covenants, you can get caught up. Uh, One way to do it anyway is growingingrace.org, where you'll find all those past archived programs for many years, actually. So, Joel, we've got got more ground to cover here on this topic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lots of ground. There's, there's so much to be said, and um, you know, so much, so many of these things. You mentioned that we've been doing this for some time, and a lot of these things that we're talking about here, we might have talked about bits and pieces of this over the years, but really, there's so many things that even you and I, even though we've been talking about grace uh, with each other together for the past twenty or twenty-one years, we're still seeing some things, new thing. It's it's not new stuff. It's just stuff that we're seeing with this grace lens, with this lens of there being two covenants with this lens of Jesus coming as a man, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, and Jesus talking about uh, how he had come only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's something we can perhaps talk about sometime. But understanding that he had a ministry to Israel first. He came first to Israel. And and a lot of what he's saying in the Sermon on the Mount and and in his parables and in, and in much of what he said, but again, not everything that he said, but so much of what he said had to do with Israel and the Gentiles and not with Christianity. And so you take that understanding into what we've been talking about here, and there's there's so much good stuff that we can glean out of all this. And so we've indeed been talking about the, the Sermon on the Mount. We'll pick up there. Uh, I'm not sure where you want to pick up on here, Kat, but I'll let you uh, say what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing, man. Um, well, you kind of were getting toward the end of Matthew 5 in this sermon. Again, uh, Jesus hammering the Mosaic law on his disciples as he taught them that they would not be able to attain the kind of righteousness that would be necessary to enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven for that matter. And so he's trying to show them they need to find a different way, and he's doing it with the law. And and so he's teaching old covenant stuff here, but he's elevating it uh, to a point where they can begin to see what the law really required. And what that ultimately required, you touched on it last week, Joel, was perfection. But before the end of the chapter, Jesus made this statement, just, just to remind us again that this isn't a, a teaching for Christians, it was for Israel. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 46 and 47, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than what others do? Do not even Gentiles do the same? So we who are not born of the Jewish race, which is uh, almost all of us, we're not part of this sermon. I mean, Jesus several times refers to Gentiles, don't be like them. Don't do what they do. Hello, can I see a show of hands? We're Gentiles, uh, and we were not part of this old covenant. Fortunately, we were brought into the new covenant of Christ. Uh, We were gifted with that, but that isn't what this is about. This isn't about teaching us Gentile Christians how to live up to the standard. 
Jesus is trying to show them that they could not. So something that you had mentioned last week was when Jesus summarized the sermon, a sermon summary. And in closing, he really wasn't closing, it's just the end of the chapter. He continues with the sermon in Matthew 6 and 7. But Jesus said, after all this stuff, after elevating the law and making them shrink, as he lifted the law, they got a little bit lower. Law went up one notch, they went down one notch, Mm -hmm. right? And Jesus said, therefore, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven. We were talking off the air, Joel. What should be first on the list? Would it be you shall be perfect or all this other stuff? Well, Jesus saved it for the end of this portion of the sermon because mm-hmm. if you if he'd have started out with perfection was required, I'm not sure that everything else would have had as much impact. But he built his way up to this. He would have lost a lot of his disciples a lot sooner. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. in those few minutes. <laughs> They slowly Perfection. left because Jesus, this was just the, the beginning of teaching the law. We we're going to find lots of other places in the scripture where Jesus was referring to, to law-like stuff uh, in, the, in the first covenant. But yeah, uh, so people would eventually start leaving more and more because the standard was too high. The law demanded too much and couldn't provide any help. So you shall be perfect. So again, that's another one that seems to just get skipped over. But here's the good news for us in Christ. We've been perfected. He did for us what the law could not do, what the blood of bulls and goats could not do. He brought perfection. That's what was needed. So how many in the audience here today, can I see a show of hands again? How many here are perfect based on how you behave and how you perform and through the things that you do? There's no hands going up. You see, because we aren't perfect in what we do, we needed somebody to represent us who is perfect. And uh, our representative, our paraclete, is Jesus Christ. You know, we are talking about people leaving Jesus a lot of times. I mean, and and so this this is one big reason why we're sharing what we're sharing here, why we're talking about this whole thing. Because when we apply these scriptures to Christianity— we lay out all of these these heavy burdens, really, that Jesus was talking about, and, and try to make them into a Christian thing. And then when somebody can't do it and then leaves the church or whatever, we, we say that those are the people. See, those people, they weren't faithful enough. They just couldn't handle it. They just couldn't handle this Christian thing. They couldn't handle the, the responsibility uh, of being a disciple of Jesus. And so the church will condemn those people for leaving Christ when really— those people weren't actually, le- the, those disciples weren't leaving Christianity. They were leaving this strenuous law teaching. They didn't understand. Just and, and sometime we'll get into the rich young ruler, but just like he went away sad because Jesus had laid down a strict standard, sell all you have and give everything to the poor. He, he went away sad. A lot of the disciples of Jesus Christ, you know, he started out with dozens, hundreds of disciples. And many of them, like you said, one by one, they went away. They weren't leaving Christianity. They weren't leaving this, you know, this thing where we were made righteous by a gift. They were leaving this thing that they, at the time, they didn't really understand, but this strict standard that Jesus was laying down. And so we need to understand today, in today's age, when we know that our righteousness is a gift from God— It's God's righteousness, actually, given to us as a gift. We know that now, so we can look at the words of Jesus and realize all of this stuff, if we're to take the words of the Sermon on the Mount and try to apply them from us, and and we go, I just can't do it. 
it was meant for people to realize, yes, I cannot do that. And so I need to turn to a savior, to this gift of perfection, because perfection can be attained by us, but it only as a gift, only if we receive it as a gift. That's the only way that we can be perfect in front of God. It, it can't be through following these words of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, the law, it was like a reflection of God's perfection. It just could not provide us with righteousness or life. And, and in fact, as we mentioned in, in past programs during this series, uh, the law would, would result in, in more sinning and death and condemnation and, and those kinds of things. That's the stuff Jesus came to redeem Israel and us from, was uh, that burdensome set of rules and regulations that nobody could keep. And yet it was required that they be kept and that they be kept perfectly. As James said, if, if you broke one law, see, the law is like a chain that is linked together. Imagine a, a chain, you know, I, I don't know if you have your dog hooked up on a chain. Well, imagine a, a chain with 613 links to it. Sort of like, uh, see, see those old cartoons where there's a bunch of hot dogs linked together that the, the, the cartoon dogs are chasing <laughs> after? They're linked together. And if, if you break one of those links, one of those commands, you've broken the whole chain, James said. You're, you're guilty of having broken the whole thing because you were required to keep the chain, not just different links within the chain. If you broke a link, the whole thing was broken. And so here's some of what we want to try to point out up to this point is that Jesus would sometimes be teaching the law to Israel. That's why he came. At first, he was going to be giving the, the message to Israel. Sometimes it was related to the kingdom. Sometimes he would be pointing to a new covenant. Other times he would be elevating the law to show them their inability to keep it and that they needed to find another source for that life that they had been seeking through the law. So, for example, let me, let me just give you a real short list here of some things that, that Jesus said. And some of these we've covered, some we will cover. And this is pretty short, so hang with me here. Jesus said, teach the law and do it from the least of the commandments to the greatest. Do the law. Do it perfectly. The salt of the earth that becomes tasteless cannot be made salty again. It's good for nothing except to be thrown out. Give to everyone who asks. Never turn anyone away. Borrow and lend, expecting nothing in return. Forgive or you won't be forgiven. Hate your family. Let the dead bury their dead. Give everything away in order to be what would be considered a disciple of Jesus. Carry your own cross. Be perfect as the Father in heaven is perfect. See, so do these things sound like good news to you and me or to the Israelites? Of course not. So the question is, um, is this going to be considered when we say, when we say that these things were not directly meant for you and I today in Christ under a new and better covenant, is that going to be called heresy by some, or is it going to be rightly called good news, as it should be? Hmm. And, and, and if, you know, if you want to call us heretics and, and um, say that we're taking away from the words of Jesus, then I would just ask you, how are you doing? on all of that stuff. Just go back in, in a, a minute or two and listen to that list that Cap gave. Read through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the various things that Jesus said that people have to do, not the least of which, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And how are you doing on that? Now, we can water it down, as many people do. We can uh, you know, try to make it a little bit more lenient, um, 
make it into hyperbole like we've talked about, make it metaphorical, uh, how, whatever we want to do with it. And in doing so, who's the one that's taking away <laughs> from the words of Jesus? It's not us. Uh, we're the ones who are just like we do with the law. When people say that we are antinomians, uh, we're taking away, we're against the law. No, we're not against the law. We, we see fully that the law is good, just, and holy. We see that it has a very strict standard. And we also see, like you were saying, it's that chain link fence. It's the, it's the links that if you break just one, you've broken the whole thing. And we, we see that for what it's worth. And we realize, I can't do it. I need something else. I can't be perfect like my Father in Heaven is perfect. And, and so people do understand that, okay, we need the perfection of Jesus Christ. We can't do it ourselves. And so they might realize that the end of Matthew 5 there, be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Well, I can't do that, so I trust in Jesus. But then you, you still take the whole rest of the Sermon on the Mount and think that, I can, and think that we can do it. <laughs> but we can't. And there's so much more that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that uh, we can't do. Like, what about this, where Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. We're going to talk about that and maybe some other things next week in part 10 of our series on why Jesus taught two covenants. That's next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.